And here's what I want to ask you. What is holding you back? What is the thing that's holding you back from going after your dreams and from finding meaningful work you love? Aren't you ready to wake up to the possibilities that are in your life and go after the things you've dreamt of? It's time for you to feel alive again, lit up, and for you to know that you're deserving and you are worthy for the future that's waiting for you. I want you to feel fulfilled and find abundance in your life. I think it's time and I'm ready to help you get started. Now I'm your host, Kristen, of Building a Life You Love. And each week on the show, we're going to help you figure out how you do go after your dreams and find work you love. Here we go. Let's get started. On today's episode, you're in for a real treat. I got my mom to agree to do an interview with me. She is a long-term creative entrepreneur, and she's done all sorts of things. She's an artist. She's a children's book author and illustrator. She's run an online brand with me, as well as game design and so many other things that we'll talk about today. And she's going to share with us several tips on the best way to promote and sell your art online and other things you can do as a a creative entrepreneur that I think will be super helpful to you. Hi, today I have with me actually Sharon Pierce McCullough, who is my mom, and she is a longtime entrepreneur, self-employed a businesswoman who is primarily an artist and a creative. Let's see. So the first thing I wanted to share with our listeners was a little bit about your background. I will start off and then I'll have you, you know, maybe just add to that. My mom has pretty much most of her life been trying or experimenting or doing, you know, creative ventures. So she's done everything from how-to books on woodworking type projects to um, children's, she's illustrated and written children's books. She has done painting, all different types of paintings she'll tell us about later, and sculptures. She has also been the show promoter and organizer of juried, high-end jury art shows, and she's even done game design and other types of inventions. So what else would you add to the many things you've tried or maybe more um, what you've been doing in the last handful of years? Probably in the uh, last... 15 years, I switched from going from working strictly with Prismacolor pencils on paper, which I did on my book, children's book illustrations and whimsical artwork that I sold at the shows that I was also producing. But I switched to making abstract paintings, primarily with acrylics on campus. And then I also started doing sculptures. And I guess about Seven years ago is when I started working with uh, concrete and making some very large sculptures that are like five, six feet tall. And I got into this because I wanted to apply to a public art call. And I thought, you know, what else, what else could I do? Concrete, the cement is inexpensive. And so I tried my hand at that and I really liked it. It's hard work, but you know, and it was a learning curve. So I've tried different variations, you know, sand cast and hand building, things like that. Very good. And of course, I forgot to mention in there, we also did start a online brand together called Ziggity Zoom, which obviously (laughs) reached um, over 10 million families and educators who are focused on kids from, you know, three or four up to about eight years old. So that was also in the mix of all the things that you and I were doing as well. 
uh, which gave us lots of additional experience and, and knowledge. That is fantastic. And yes, you've, you've mostly been focused on your art, like you said, the painting and the sculptures um, now. So let me, t- let me ask you, when did your interest in art start? Was that something that you were interested in since you were a little girl? Or at what point did you start having that interest there? I can recall probably from when I was about nine or 10 years old. Um, I used to do drawings, mostly things that I saw and, you know, just do pencil drawings. I have no, no copies of anything because my parents didn't save anything, but I do recommend for parents, you know, with uh, kids from a young age to save some of their artwork because you never know. I mean, when a child grows up, you know, if they do become an artist, especially a well-known artist, it's nice to have a documentation of, you know, pieces they, they have done. But then as I had my children and uh, once they were starting to go all, all to school, then I started playing around with different um, mediums. I, I would get books at the library because I didn't have the Internet at that time and um, taught myself things like boutique and um, macrame. Uh, I did take a stained glass class. So I've tried all sorts of different things until I started. And my drawing skills did not evolve whatsoever until <laughs> really. You're so cute. I, I, I could remember submitting, uh, trying to submit children's book stories that I had written when all of you, all the kids were very young and tried some illustrations. And I really was not very good at all. So, I mean, I think the more you try things, the more you develop your skills. So, yes. And to that point, that's actually a good point. I would say with that, though, that it's some people have, you know, you had your own style. So while you look at other artists and might say, well, gosh, this looks, um, you know, some people, I mean, I guess it was more um, simplistic, right? And it was a little more whimsical when what you were doing before, but that was your style at the time. So just because it didn't compare to someone else's, it really was sort of your signature look. And of course, over time, you've done new mediums. So your art has changed. But I think the point is, is if that's someone's style and they really love it, there's probably a place for it right? It doesn't mean they have to change necessarily. I mean, it may be improved, keep improving, but I think that's kind of a good point. Right. Well, this was the, even prior to that, that I was talking about. I did really like that whimsical style. People recognized it and that was very good. That's a good thing is people can recognize your artwork. However, I felt like people were thinking that it was more for only for kids, which it wasn't. I mean, some lawyers bought you know, pieces of framed artwork and put it in their offices because they liked fun and whimsical. But then I just wanted to, you know, get on into the painting. But what would you say about that? Is there a message in your art or is there some feeling that you want to convey with your art um, when, you know, somebody either buys it or sees it? Well, I always hope that I bring a little bit of, you know, fun and happiness to people. And I think with my artwork, whether it's whimsical or bright and colorful, sometimes it's not, but I like to think that, you know, years down the road, people are still appreciating this artwork, even if I'm not around any longer, that, you know, it goes on in 
perpetuity. So, yeah, no, I, I that's yeah. absolutely true. It seems like you're always experimenting and reinventing yourself. What is there anything you could share with us about that? So, it, do you just have this drive to try new things, or what's what's behind that? Uh, I I do. I call my art experimental, uh, an experimental practice. Because I do, I, I like to, you know, play around with different techniques and different mediums and, you know, just try different things all the time. I don't know if that's primarily because I'm self-taught and I didn't go to art school, which, you know, I really am glad that I didn't because I feel like I don't know, know the rules that everybody gets those rules. And uh so I can try anything I want to. Let's see. So I do have a question for you. Even with all the things you've done, you've published books with different publishers over the years. You've you know, had your own art shows. You've um, started the website with me. You've had your art. And we can talk about this in a minute. Art in lots of um, juried exhibits or mm-hmm. art. I'm sorry, art exhibits or juried shows. All fantastic things. You've sold your art you know, for a good amount of money. What though would you say are those is any of are any of those things your greatest successors or something else? Uh, well, I always tell everyone that asks me that question that, that you know my greatest success, well, no matter what I achieve, will be my children, my five children, and uh, you know I'm very blessed that you know they're all wonderful people and. You know, to me, you know, it doesn't matter what else. You know, I, yes, I try to work hard and become a, you know, good, you know, maybe a well-known artist someday, but you know, that's an ongoing process. But yes, my children will always be my greatest success. Yes. Well, and I, I think that's an important point though, because sometimes I think we do get so wrapped up in thinking that we will hit success when we hit a certain monetary amount, you know, of, of income, or like you said, we get well-known to a certain level. But I think at the end of the day, those things are obviously wonderful and beneficial because it allows us to do more and maybe give more. But obviously if we don't have people around us that we care about, or like you said that in your case that you were able to raise up, I think obviously then there's something lacking, you know? Right. Right. So let's talk about that for a minute. You've, you've been, your art's been in, you know, juried art shows and exhibits. Can you talk about that a little bit and what's, what goes into being able to get into those things? Okay, well, uh, it's a lot easier these days than it was, you know, say 15, 20 years ago when you had to go to a photographer, unless you're a really good photographer, and have slides made of every single piece of artwork, you know, that you did. So you can submit those to jury shows or, you know, whoever you wanted to see your artwork. Send in best images and information about yourself, what shows you previously done. For myself, when I choose a show that I would like to be in, you know, a jury show, I always look at who is jurying. Is it just another artist or is it somebody that's a curator of one of the museums that, you know, you might get a little more exposure. They might know about your work. So that's, you know, probably both things. And do you find that being in the getting into shows and then these or maybe that juror was somebody that, you know, could maybe invite you to do another show, a group show, a solo show, 
And of course, there's always the hope that you might sell a piece of artwork. You know, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't, but you know, that's sort of like the dues that you pay. Really, we're working towards getting into, or Mm -hmm. you work really hard, you produce a new series of, well, what about when things have gotten hard for you? Well, when I say hard, I should say, you know, you're working hard and then either you don't get into a show that you've paintings or sculpture and maybe you don't have the sale or you almost have the sale, but you don't get it. So how do you persevere? How do you keep going and kind of keep that momentum up? Okay. Well, (laughs) over my career of everything I've tried, like, you know, uh, submitting for children's books to be published or games I designed that, you know, I was hoping to, you know, get into the market and, you know, or products, there's always disappointment. So, you know, I sort of learned, you know, you go beyond that rejection, you just, you know, okay, that's another rejection. But, you know, along the way, you do have other things that are, you know, acceptance. And, you know, you might even just get a, a comment from somebody that's a really good collector or something. And, you know, those things keep you moving along. You just can't, you have to move forward. You can't, you know, look backwards. And I think that's always been, you know, one of my philosophies, you know, move forward, don't look backwards. And Yeah. And it seems like most entrepreneurs, right. That, that hit success of any level, right. But it's because they know that they have to understand that there's going to be no's, there's going to be rejection. And sometimes you hear stories where it's, it's 10 rejections for every yes. But of course, the bigger the price tag of item or the harder the industry to break into, there's usually lots more no's before they get to that yes. Right. So I think most people say is you have to you have to actually practice and get used to the no's, you know, and like you said, not let that stop you because lots of people are going to tell you, no, the timing could be off. They might not get it. They might not think the market wants it. And if you know deep down that that's the thing that you want to move forward in the world, You just have to keep knocking on doors or push it out yourself, depending on what you're doing. Right. And a lot of people don't realize when somebody does have a success, you know, in any kind of business, they don't know all the hard work and hours and years that they put in. Maybe they tried this, that didn't work, tried this, that, you know, didn't work. And then eventually to have a success, they might think it was really easy. Oh, look, that, you know, just happened quickly for them that, you know, it really didn't. Absolutely. So let me ask you, what's one piece or more of encouragement that you could share with the listeners about uh, not giving up on your dreams or maybe deciding to go after your dreams? You know, maybe you're not, maybe some of the listeners aren't there yet, right? They're just trying to decide, like, I don't know if I can try this other thing. So is there any advice you'd give them based on your experience? Okay, well, as an artist, it's, it's always, it's not an easy business. And I think you know, if you really, really want to be a serious artist, uh, you just have to keep going and keep painting or sculpting and, you know, just keep working at it. And, and especially like if you're dedicated to being an artist, I think they say, do what you love. Well, you probably love it anyways. So just keep doing what you love. And let me ask you, for aspiring artists that maybe you're just getting started as far as saying, like, I want to take this from a hobby to trying to make it um, an income generating, you know, work I do. What might be three recommendations you'd have for those people to try to sell their artwork today, especially on- online? Are there sites or resources or things they should be doing? 
Okay, well, one of the best sites uh, that we're on is sachiart.com. And um, they are, you don't find inexpensive pieces on there. So it's a good site if you're trying to do, you know, really serious pieces of artwork. They're very good about, you know, getting the word out to collectors. And it doesn't happen right away. I probably was on there for a year and a half before I sold my first piece. But, you know, they're good, good collectors that go to that site. I would suggest, though, anybody that's doing any, don't undervalue your work. It's pricing is one of the hardest things. I mean, we grapple with this all the time. You know, do I put a lower price because I really need to sell it and make some, you know, money? Or should I keep the price higher? You know, what I think it's really worth my time and this composition. I just say, you know, don't undervalue your work because if you value work, other people will value your work. So that's one aspect. The other thing is just keep making artwork and, you know, putting more pieces up. You can't just put, say, 10 pieces up and then just ignore that and think you're going to sell something. You have, they like, collectors like to know that you are in it, that you're in it for, you know, for good, that you're just not going to do it for a year and then you're gone. So uh, they do look at that. I think actually the point you brought up about the, value and pricing is so important. And I see this theme a ton, which is people struggle with not, not, they don't struggle with pricing only because they're not sure how to price it. But I think we struggle, whether it's art or it's your services with it. Can I really charge that much? Mm -hmm. How can I charge as much as this other person? Because to your point, the range is all over the place for what artists charge for their work. Sometimes even similar looking work, right? The message I'm hearing from people that have found success is that you do have to value your work, but you also have to value that someone, some people want to spend more money on the art because it makes them feel a certain way and because they want to buy into that, you know, this thing makes me feel this way and I want to spend money, right? It's a, it's just like, why would I spend more money on a high-end designer? It's important that you said that because often shirt versus another shirt, well, one, hopefully it's a better quality. So hopefully you are getting a good quality painting, right? Or art, but two, it's because that, that brand makes someone feel a certain way when they buy it. And then when they wear it, or in your case, when they see it on their wall every day, it doesn't feel cheap. Like, Oh, is a reproduction made in China. It feels like someone spent the time, the many hours to make this. And then they sent it to me. I also have this connection and the story with that artist. So there's all the value in all of those things. Right. Exactly. So no, that's great. First tip you gave us for what, how they promote and then try to sell their work was using Saatchi and then pricing it, not underpricing it. Are there other sites or tools or suggestions you have for artists about that are getting started, but are serious about another really good site is actually out of France and they seem to be very communicative with the artist. They also have, you know, higher end artwork. It's not, I can name a few that I won't, but that have artwork for like $200 and, you know, $100 that if you're trying to sell work that's thousands of dollars each piece, then that makes it hard. And it also, I think, waters down the the quality of, you know, the artwork in the site. But Singulart, singular singular.com is out of France. I think they're currently taking on some more artists 
I, you know, I haven't sold there yet, but get more followers and have had inquiries and things like that. I do expect to sell work there. Good. And then what about social? I know one platform in particular that you're very active on. So do you want to talk about that and the benefit you see of that, or if that's the one that seems to be the best fit for you? Okay. Well, for me, Instagram is definitely by far, I get the most input, you know, from people, galleries and collectors that you do your homework on there, you know, you search out those type of people and you, or you read articles, art newspapers and stuff like that. So, you know, who are good collectors and good galleries. A lot of that is what, you know, I'm trying to do. Of course, I want to find, you know, new collectors. Truthfully, about two years ago, it was before they changed a lot of the algorithms, it was a lot better. Your followers, you were picking up a lot more followers. Now it seems to be, you know, it's very tough, but I still think I hear a lot of artwork is sold on through Instagram. People get into shows because, you know, somebody's seen their work. It's just good place to be. And I suggest putting new pieces on several times a week, at least. Oh, that's great. Very good. And then what about your website? Is Do you use that more just to make sure people can find you and get your information? Do you see it? Does it work for you? Or do you feel like it's just kind of something that you feel like still needed, even though that's not your main way that you're reaching collectors? Well, I think most artists need some sort of website. I know a lot just have sites that only show their portfolio on there. And yes, I could spend a lot more time working on my website and making it, you know, what's current, but takes time and I'd like to do better, but you know, I haven't, but I keep up with the Instagram. So anybody that wants to see, that's the best place for somebody to go, you know, to really see my work. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's great. What have I been doing? Current work down, what I've done for over the years. I think a lot of artists do the same thing. Well, because unlike a website, you have to, someone has to click a link to get there typically, right? Unless they're going to your site regularly. Whereas if they're already actively on Instagram or a different social platform, the person may see it right in their feed if they're following you. So they're more likely to engage with your content more regularly than if they have to go to your website and make that, that effort. Before we wrap it up and you tell us how people can find you, Let me just ask you this. One thing I would tell you about my mom is I call her or maybe she calls herself the biggest kid I know because she's literally always playing and experimenting and being creative and super kind. But would you, would you say that there's anything in that area, mom, that keeps you going? Is there anything else you can share with our audience about just believing in yourself, even when other people don't, but not so much rejection, but maybe somebody close to you, right? It could be a significant other. It could be your kids. It could be your parent. Maybe they don't get this, right? They don't get the lifestyle you're choosing or that you're doing sculptures and painting instead of maybe having a more traditional career. So is there anything you'd say to that? You know, how do you, how have you navigated through that? Not saying someone in particular had to tell you not to, but that's very common with people, especially I would say artists and entrepreneurs. Well, sure it is. I mean, and I think a lot of people don't understand an artist or their, you know, type of lifestyle because you're not living the regular, okay, I'm going to do the nine to five, you know, kind of job and having a steady income because it's not a steady income. You know, when you love what you do, you know, you sort of choose that path and 
no, I look back, I probably wouldn't, you know, change a lot. I love what I'm doing. And my only regret is that I don't live down there with all my kids and grandkids because I haven't figured out how to do that yet. But, you know, I, I love doing my artwork and going to the artist receptions and meeting other artists. And it helped other people achieve their dreams. And I do. I, I like that I like fun, you know, and I think I've, I think I've instilled a certain kind of fun philosophy into my kids. So yeah, that's worth a lot to me. Yeah, actually, one one statement I like that Mark Batterson says is the author, your greatest legacy isn't your dream. It's the dreams you inspire in others. I think the point is right. A legacy isn't even just everything we do, but it's everything we did that what you obviously do such a good job with your kids and your grandkids and other people that you come across as well with that. Right. And one other thing I would add is like, I feel like my dad instilled the love of games into me and my brother and sister. And, you know, we've always loved games. I always try to give you all and all the families, you know, games for Christmas. And just recently during the pandemic, my husband, Michael, who does, is not a game player. He, <laughs> we could, I could rarely get him to play games, but I think he saw it was so sad not having anybody to play games with that we did start to play games. So every, for the past month and a half, we've had every Friday night, we have pizza and game night. So that's been so much fun for me. That's fantastic. And you're not wrong. I I have three teenage sons and one's at college, but the other two are home and, you know, everyone's been home a lot more. Obviously we haven't gotten to even see my mom except for one time in 13 months. Hopefully soon that's going to change. But we, the way that I can interact or my husband, I can interact with our kids is we do game night, not every week always, but most weeks. And one of my son loves the online games, right? We do Jackbox Mm -hmm. TV and heads up and things like that. And he loves it. He's always like, are we going to do that again? And my other son prefers, you know, more the traditional board or card games. So we try to do rotate or do both. But the point is, is there's lots of other activities I try to do with them. And they're not interested at this point, Mm -hmm. right? As teenagers, and they just don't want to do it with us, but they'll still play games. And then about once a month, we get together with a couple other families and we'll do game night with the families. So the kids, oh, and the adults. you're right though, because that's one way to connect with people of all ages, which is, is super important. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how can people find you online that want to learn more and maybe check out your artwork? What's the best way to get in? Get uh, okay. Well, it, on my website, it has my email, but uh, it's Sharon Pierce And if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's, you can search my name, but it's also share S H A R E three, three, three. I'll post it with the podcast when that releases the links to, so people can find it. And then when I share it on Instagram, I'll also share your, your Instagram handle. So people can find you that way, just in case, you know, the, they're not sure about the spelling. Um, so I just want to say thank you so much for sharing lots of knowledge with our listeners. I think it'll be super helpful, especially for the creatives and the artists or aspiring artists that listen in. You know, I also just want to thank you, mom, because I know just like Kira, our, my sister and my brothers, we are always inspired by our mom from her creativity to her kindness in her generosity and just the way she approaches the life. So thank you. You're the best. We love you. Well, thank you. I love you. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. And I will talk to you soon. I'm so glad my mom decided to join us today and tell us a little bit about her story and a few tips 
for entrepreneurs, especially artists who are making their way in the world to do what they love. Let's stop settling. Let's go after our dreams and find work that matters and build a life we love. And thanks again for listening in. And if you enjoyed the show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe and leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can check out freebies and resources we have for you at kristenfitch.com. And if you have ideas for the show or guests that you'd like to recommend, I'd love to hear from you. So DM me on Instagram at kristenfitch, or you can email me from the website. Thanks so much. Until next time, have a great week.